Hello and welcome to the D&D 420 podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping you become a better dungeon master. I'm your host, Eric M. Hunter, and I am a struggling game master trying to figure out how to tell a better story. Joining me shortly is Jimmy St. James. He is the creator of D&D 420 and an avid D&D fan with over 30 years of experience. In this episode, we dive right back in again to your questions on Reddit, the D&D Asks thread. Uh, this time around, they're a little bit more player-centric, specifically in terms of interacting with your DM, the players around you, and how to kind of keep the ball rolling. All right, so we got some more questions. Yes, more we questions. We got some more questions. It is that more time questions. again. It is. Um, we enjoy this time. We hear that you enjoy this time, so we're enjoying this time together. And I think that's very yeah, in, for, enjoy it. For enjoy everybody it. who has sent me a message and talked about the show, thank you so much. I appreciate your comments. I appreciate um, some little Tell criticisms and stuff. That's cool. I, I really constructive. It is. It's um, yeah. how do I know what you want to hear unless you tell me? So I installed a button on my Facebook page that you can send me a message directly from our D and D four twenty guild on Facebook. So that was a, yeah. that was cool. Thank you. I can't. Oh, sorry, I can't remember who said that to me. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. No, it was. It was it, not. It me. was not my assistant either. No. So let's get to these. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Let's let's not. Let's okay. get to these questions. Right, let's do it. So this one comes from uh, username Wonky Mofo. Again, a very solid username. <laughs> that like that's my favorite you know so I mean? far. Like yeah. it's, it's pretty good. Oh, um, I don't know. Was it the trash trash bin queen or something like that? Was pretty good. We got to get those two together. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, could you imagine? I would be like matchmakers. I match. I'm imagining it now. It's so weird. All right, my current group consists of six people and, and a DM who has homebrewed the entire campaign and is a super DM with eight million little distractive interactions. Two or three of the players are brand new and fall victim to these interactions every time. I get that they're generally intended as immersion and all, but we spent four hours real time for essentially a 30-minute interaction. The DM doesn't cut down on these because he lets us govern ourselves, uh, but one of the new players specifically doesn't understand that he can just choose to ignore these interactions. S Super DM, that's something new. Hey. I don't, I don't ever remember hearing about yeah, that. Man, good for you. You got a Super DM? I am happy for you. Uh, and I know what he's talking about because I do all of this stuff myself. I do the same thing. I might not be a super do DM. You? A million little, eight million little distractions. Do I? I mean, I don't I, I don't think that. Here's what I'll say. You, I feel like your distractions are interesting because a lot of the time they're character specific. Whether we gain any new knowledge or not, like... You, I feel like you find a way of like, oh, this character would enjoy this thing, so I'm going to put this there. And then if he interacts with it, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Yeah. But it's not just general distractions. Do you know what I mean? I, like, if, I feel like they're a I bit don't know meaningful. If, uh, you listened much to um, to that Grim Harvest game. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, no, I was in and out. I will admit, I was. In <laughs> oh man, that, there were maybe nine million little distractions. But it's crazy. All of them. It was in a confined city of 16,000 people, so everyone knew about what was going on. So so it was coloring the game. Anyway, that's that's my whole... It was coloring sure. the game. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I know exactly what your DM is doing. And, you know, good for you. You got yourself, as you say, a super DM. Um, and uh, who's to say that that new player 
doesn't realize that they could uh, just so play yeah it. maybe they're just the way that they want to play you know i mean um, and there are different styles of play because there are players in my group who love that stuff and w- they could um be thrilled and maybe this new player is thrilled just going through the role-playing portion of the game and whereas yourself you might be more interested in either moving the story forward or getting to combat so there's i have those different types of players as well so really it is up to the dm to cater to different players so if every session they're catering to one player that's just as bad as when you have a spotlight hog who does all of the role playing and makes all of the decisions for the party except for the dm is doing it in a different like kind of doing it in a different way where they're catering to this play style of one or two people um so that kind of is on the dm and the best thing i think the question was how do you deal with that um so uh, they continue so it says that i love the group i love the world building and the dm is amazing at what he does but five of us had maybe a total of two minutes of actual interaction in a four-hour game, and this is starting to get pretty common. I don't clear my schedule every Monday, so I can just sit around while someone else asks about the different clay textures of the pots in the vendor f- stall for an hour. Am I overstepping myself to send the new players a PM, just letting them know that these things don't always flesh out, and should I a- or should I ask the DM to cut back or quickly wrap up his random encounters? Not looking for anything flaming here. Just oh yeah, sorry. So okay. So first off, the two minutes of interaction within a four-hour game—that is bonkers to me. Like, I feel like as a character, you should try to step in maybe to if you feel like you're not interact or you feel like you're not contributing to the group or you're being passed over. I feel like you should just insert yourself in the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's two ways to look at this. Like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You, like it, it's a. It's definitely fifty-fifty. Yeah. Because what you're saying is you. I hear that. Um, wonky. You're waiting for triggers for things to do. Wonky bastard. Wonky mofo. Wonky mofo. Um, is isn't enjoying these name? little things. Obviously, loves the DM because they have the DM has the ability to, to do put those these things. layers yes. upon layers of back ground and story and all that thing even to a clay pot which is very cool because it is quite immersive and it makes that world very real because we're talking about the regions that the clay came from and stuff you know that's pretty cool um but you don't wonky mofo doesn't necessarily like it so correct um if it were me i would go ahead and play to that and try to have fun with that other player even though it isn't your style because you want those newer players to to have a good time and not sure. and 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 there's a little animosity here it sounds like because wonky mofo isn't being included except for you know one less than one percent of the time two minutes out of 240 minutes is less than one percent sure. so um yeah but you're you're coming from a place of salt, like you're a little salty. So it's not that new player's fault that whether or not they know that they can avoid this stuff or whether or not they know they can move on is irrelevant. It's on your DM. That the onus here is on your DM to provide the experience for all the players that everyone likes. So I would wait to between games and um, talk to the storyteller and just have a little conversation, like, hey. You know, there's a lot. So don't talk to the player. Because, yeah, you might... Just take it to the DM. Yeah. The DM has control here. And you right. might um, 
not insult, what's the word I'm looking for? You might make that person feel self-conscious about what they're doing and that should never happen. They're not making a mistake. The DM is just getting carried away and that's not a mistake. Right. They're just this other newer player. They're trying to make an experience for that player and everyone should be. Um, I know that like you and I, Eric, when we have somebody new at the table, we want them to have a good time. All of us do. True. We want them to yeah, love we, D&D as much as we do. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely taken a step back from the table to let the new player play because they're enjoying it. You know what I mean? Like, I because there are because I you know we've talked about this before, but it, it's a give and take. At one point, it's like okay, I have to drag you along because we have to get the story going because you don't understand yet how this works. But the second that they kind of get a grasp of it, um, Ryan was a perfect example in that one shot that we did. Oh yeah, like he was a little standoffish maybe in session one. Well, <laughs> that's, well, that's right. Shot. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Three weeks it? for a one shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like in that first session, he was obviously very hands off. He was asking a lot of good questions. When we were trying to like, we were trying to drag him along for the most part. But boy, the second we got to that battle and he knew exactly what to do, I was just like, I'm standing back and I am support yeah. at this point. Yeah, it was cool. like I want him to destroy whatever we were fighting. Let so him have a like, moment, that spotlight, yeah. and that's kind of what's happening in. Um, wonky monkey or wonky mofos um thing here wonky mofo yeah that's kind of what's happening um you have been stepping back but now it's a regular right. thing exactly and that yeah that starting to come and it's your like, and it's your job to interject yourself into the situation again and then even maybe and then if something cool happens because you did that at the end of the game, just have a very offhanded, you know, comment to the DM said, "Hey, I had a lot of fun tonight. The thing that 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 happened, that was really cool." Yeah, you know, and and then you're putting that thought into their head of like, "Yeah, that was really cool. They had a good time. How do I repeat that?" Yeah, and then suddenly you're on a completely different tangent. Yeah, you're on a different path altogether. And I don't know how no. well you know your DM. Like, are you friends out of game? Um, a lot of times well, people I, I, are, but either way, stay after the session and say, Hey, you know, I sure miss combat. It seems like we're always, um, talking about clay pots and that's cool. I love it. And if you don't know what a compliment sandwich is, um, I'll teach you right now because the compliment sandwich is the way to get something you don't like across to someone else that you don't know that well or that you maybe only have a professional relationship with. This is good in everything. You say, hey, I think you're I, I'm really having a great time in your game, man. Like you are a great DM or or miss or whoever you've got. I'm really yeah. having a great they. Yeah, I'm really having a great time in your game. Um, I really love X, Y, and Z about what you do, and it, you know, right. maybe not even mention the clay pot during that part, and then say, however, I've noticed we've been spending a lot of time with shopkeepers and quest givers, and um, on these little side tangents, like sometimes two, three, or four hours. That's cool. I like that, but I sure miss when we had, you remember when we had that awesome combat? The other compliment at the end, um, remember when we had that awesome combat? That's what I really enjoy, and I get right. tired of that other stuff sometimes. I want an even mix. And then you've you've just gotten your message across to someone across to someone who um, you didn't hurt their feelings. You yeah, it's a real quick thing. The wor yeah, the worst thing that could happen is like they just get upset with you, and what would you do? And if you, you know give a, I mean? if you give a nice compliment <laughs> sandwich, it's hard for them to get upset with you. 
so that's that's what that's for and that's what i would do and i hear i hear a lot of questions like this and i read them in a lot of these forums where something in the game happens and they don't know how to approach it either from the dm's point of view or from the player's point of view sure and the answer is always have a candid conversation with that person out of game Um, one-on-one is best especially if there's friction somewhere you know go to the dm have that one-on-one comfort conversation i'm sorry i'm starting to get a little high but i think well and do it and do it immediately don't let it linger don't let it linger because the longer it goes don't let it become a thing the more it becomes the worse it is yep and the more it becomes a habit the harder it's going to get to make it go away especially if this new player is having a really good time and you start to take that from them if they know especially if they know you're the one that took it from them there could be more animosity don't let that animosity grow in you just nip it in the bud Nip it in the bud. Talk to your DM. Give them a camp compliment sandwich filled with Nip the, it in the, bud. the stuff that you don't like. And there you go. I think everybody that's, will be happier. That's basic life shit, too. That is put, basic. That in your, put that in your bucket and carry it with you. That is. All right. This next one says it's from Alice5221. And I'm wondering if the 5221 actually means something or if it was just a random set of numbers that they were like, all right, this works. I'm just going to use this for everything. Do you have a uh, like Eric5221? I want to say at one point I had like a no it was like, it was like E Hunter six seven zero four four one or something stupid like that it and it was because it was just a random thing. Wow. See, but I've I've abandoned that. I am I've re I have rebranded myself. I've redeemed myself online. You are Eric M Hunter so, now. I am Eric M Hunter, and you can find Eric M Hunter on all sorts of places. Eric M Hunter dot com. Um, uh, .com works, yeah, .net works. I got them all, Jim. And he is a very talented uh, short story writer and narrator. Oh, go check him out. On, I'm just going to give you a little plug, yeah. No, I appreciate it. My debut novel is going to be out in September. So Awesome. There it is. I'm looking forward all right. to that. So one of my players is 128,000 gold in debt. How should I deal with this? Long story short, the Droll uh, Monk Lock? I've never seen that. Droll Monk Wanted Lock? Wanted to gamble. I don't remember Monklock. Is that oh, that's a Monk Warlock. We talked about how there was a... Oh, that's right. I hate people and I hate words. Wanted to gamble after getting some loot and a magic item that helps while gambling. He doesn't mean that 5221. It's 5221. Yeah, you're right. Good look. Look at you. Memory's still good for the second. Keyword helps, not guarantees. They decided to go against the first person who would accept starting a bet of 8,000 gold being a hooded shady figure who ends up working for the uh, the beg the b bag the beg the big bad the bag. evil guy the big B-B-E-G. bad evil guy is that what that is again yeah. i'm big, going bad, to, evil. i'm going to fucking come through this microphone and strangle you if i have to say another one of these bullshit words i'm just letting you know right now he doesn't mean it I'm letting you know. he doesn't mean it I mean he it loves right you no. he loves you Hooded figure cheats, and I ask if they want to roll perception to try and spot anything suspicious. Good on you. Yeah, hey, they refuse and cool. end up losing. They refuse and end up losing. They go double or nothing and ante up the remaining 8,000 gold in a party fund. This cycle continues until she is 128,000 gold in debt against someone who is obviously cheating. So what's fun ideas on consequences for being so heavy in debt like bounty hunters and such? I don't think I've ever played a game where I ran into money troubles. Wow. Is that weird? That's a 128,000 gold. That's a, that's enough to buy like a I don't know, like a plus 3 sword or something. 
Maybe not a plus. I've never touched no, a maybe plus, not three a plus three sword. How dare you? Maybe a plus three sword. I don't know how much they cost in fifth edition, really. I don't sure. sell magic items in D&D. But I know it's it's a lot. That's a lot of money. That's more than a that's more than it costs to build a big ass house. Yeah. Um like in real life. Well, 128,000 gold. It's a lot of money. So um, it just depends on... Okay, so first of all, there's a few little triggers here. A couple of things I really like and a few things I want to say. 8,000 gold is a lot of money. So you started... It's not $800. It's not $8,000. No, um, it's like... Because, okay, so a person, an average person today makes a couple of hundred dollars a day. The average American income is a couple of hundred dollars a day. The average income in Dungeons and Dragons is uh, maybe five silver pieces or something for someone who's skilled. Like, you know... Yeah, a carpenter. They have a trade. They have a trade. They have a, they have a skilled trade that they're good at. Yeah. That might be four or five, maybe six silver pieces a day as compared to a couple hundred to a few hundred dollars a day that the average American makes. So that's silver. So when we talk 8,000 gold, you are so far... That's Trump money. That's that's Bezos money. That, like 128,000, that's like millions of dollars. Okay, yeah. so that's as high roller baller as it gets as far as if you're looking at the book. And you start to look at what, like a sword costs, it's a few gold pieces, you know, 10 gold, 15 gold. Um, that's a lot of money. That's a whole lot of money. Just like if you want uh, a killing weapon today, it's going to cost you thousands of dollars. Even a handgun is... A nice one, upwards of a thousand dollars. So yeah. the gun price is right, and you know, you know, a couple hundred dollars a day. It's going to take you a few days to make that, um, probably several days. And if you get a dagger or a short sword, it's going to cost you ten gold pieces or a few gold pieces. That's going to take you some time to make that money. Um, so that's how you can relate it to our world. It doesn't hold up across the board because of common sure. commonality of items. So. Um, I want the DM to know that he's dealing with millions of dollars here. That Right. So, I mean, consequences. Like, what would you... Because, again, I've never played in a game where I we ran into money trouble. There was always something, regardless of what the price was, there was always some way to get the money. Like, there was never a, like, well, you're fucked. Well, you know what I mean? So, like, what kind of fun consequences? See, what do you think? See, here's the thing. Um, it depends what you're trying to do here. Uh, there's a point at which the the player doesn't trust the DM in this because the DM gives the cue. Are you like you know we had a set, uh, one of ours was called one of our DM things was called uh, Are you sure or something like that? Do you remember doing that one? Are you yes. sure? Are you sure? If the DM says Are you sure? That is basically God coming down of this fake world and saying, Hey bro, you might want to do that. You might want to try again. You know, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. That was an interesting voice for you, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That was like an amalgam of hey, man, like, you don't want to go down and do that. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Love they ain't going to be wanting to do none of the stuff like that. Yeah, because I feel like something like that, like if you're willing to allow your players to do something that your your brain should be like, uh, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, and you're letting them do it anyway, 
then you should obviously be able to tie that into something um, story-wise. So you've baited, you know what I mean? you've, you've baited, you've either A, baited your player in or tried to warn your player. And it depends which one. Because if you tried to warn your player and say, give me a perception check, uh, there's something shifty here. You warned them. Um, and they lean into it anyway. In my game, you'd probably be dealt a pretty serious consequence. In fact, we've had people where that's happened, um, where the DM has basically said, are you sure? And they went through with it. And I've told that story in the past. I won't tell it again. But there were some pretty dire consequences. 128 grand and gold. There should be some dire consequences. I don't know if you've seen any mafia movies or mob movies. Good, good fellas or casino or stuff like that. But when somebody owes someone else a lot of money there, it gets pretty serious. So it depends on who the money is owed to. You know, you talk about talked about how the um player is a criminal i think at the end of that right i don't think you read that part if i'm looking at the right thing here are you looking at the right thing yeah for the record same player is also one a criminal and two continents oh right yeah so this does sound kind of like a mob game because the person they're gambling with is that's definitely kind of a that's what they do it's a yeah. very roguish um <laughs> it's like it's clearly a thing that i'll say they, they like to do you want to know watch casino oh you want to know <laughs> things can get crazy um or if they're more tactful and they want the you can have them maybe this person did it on purpose maybe this npc was roping them in on purpose to get them in an enormous amount of debt so they can say okay i'll tell you what i'll forget about the money if you quest do xyz exactly if you quest for me if you get yeah. me this item or you go kill this guy you kill like this guy you steal this thing and bring it back to me and we'll call it even otherwise boris here is going to break your legs and then you're still going to owe me the money right because I, I feel like the, um, they are mixing they're trying to imitate real life because i can easily go and you know get in debt when it comes to gambling but that has no bear that has no bearing on like my actual day-to-day Whereas in like with D and D, everything that the player should be doing should have some sort of significance to further the plot, to further the character development, to you know, to whatever. You know, there should always be a reason that so and so is doing something. It's not real life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like this, this going into it has to have. It's got to do something. This is the player making a choice. I want to play Goodfellas. I want to play Godfather. Right. Exactly. That's cool. Especially you know, if you're letting it happen. Check out those mobster movies and get back yeah. to me because. I could go on. That could be that could be an episode. Although I'm not going to make that one. The, my assistant's not writing that one down. But it could be a whole episode where we just do nothing but talk about um, different quests we can give, or yeah, you know, and how to relate those to thing, other media that you can watch and consume. Yeah, yeah and we sure. could talk about just mafia stuff in D and I've played in a game that was. If you haven't heard of the setting, Thieves World. Um, I believe it was made for second edition. Uh, might even have been first edition AD and mm. um, I don't like that they call AD and D first edition. First edition. I never got that either. But that's what it, that's you know that's what it's lovingly known as. There's AD and D. Yeah. There's second edition ADD. There's three point five third edition and three point five. That was just Dungeons and Dragons. But anyway, that's a different thing. So yeah, you have so many things here. I'm not going to write your game for you. I'm sorry, but watch watch some mafia movies. Yeah, just watch some mafia. Yeah. All right, this next one comes from the DM Gorg Nerd. DM Gorg Nerd? Grog Nerd. Grog Nerd? Gorg? Grog? Grog. G R. Players 
What sort of recap do you prefer? Do you re do you prefer it when the DM does the recap of the previous session, um, or when it's the player's job? Oh, this one's addressed to players, so that's going to be you. That's going to be me. That's a question Cheers. for you. Ah, the DM gets to sit back. I'll talk. Okay, you answer this one, and then I'll. I will I'll give, answer I'll this give one. my take on it. After, 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 because it was don't addressed. Be poke, don't be poking. Don't be poking holes while I'm talking. I'll, you just wait till I'll after. poke a hole and watch it drain out. Well, that's that's a weird. I need all that. I need it back in my hole. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about now. <laughs> Here's what I'll say, um, and this is going to be subjective just to our guild because as we play D&D we smoke and sometimes I forget things because I get too high and that just happens right that's okay so when I come back for the sure so when I come back for the next game I do like a recap but one of the things that we've talked about in a previous episode is um, taking the time to have your character take notes and write a basically write a journal as the sessions go on about how you react to them because I feel like that's more important in terms of like a recap is like when a situation happens yeah that's important but how your character reacts to that situation is more important i feel like true so i would i would trust more of doing like half and half like i think the dm should like we do it you know when last our you know our, our adventure our trepid adventures blah 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 like um when i was doing ghostbusters i was always like all right on the last episode yada 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 even though that they didn't matter because it literally was, we were playing it out like a TV show. So everything concluded at the end of the session. Right. But like, you know, it's, I feel like it is the DM because it gives the DM a chance to um, really focus on the things that were actually important in the last session. Like from the question that we had before about all the, the 8 million little distractions. If the DM was like, okay, the, uh, you know, last time we all got together, these are the things that mattered happened. Yeah, because you farting with clay pots, not you. You know what I mean, right? Because you're directing the story, and you're exactly yeah. So here, and I agree with you. It should be fifty fifty. Um, I can tell you that I used to love to have the players do it, and I and I now know why, and that's why ten years ago, or well, I don't know, was it ten or twelve years ago when you first started? Right around that time is when I started changing yeah. my method a bit. And no, it's been longer than that been like 15 okay 15 years ago approximately i would have said this is the player's job because we had people like um a guy named nathan in our guild who would keep a journal yeah from his character's perspective and it's yeah, from his character's perspective about yeah. everything that happened and his reaction his character's reaction i should say um and then that would spawn the other players so it was easy for me to say it's on the onus is on you and you need to take charge of this and you need to do that and um and i also part of it was because we are dnd 420 i do end up a little bit high I'm not gonna <laughs> lie um i can make notes about where we are and such but not the little things all, you're gonna not all of that information comes out so i have been known to spoil right. things that weren't known in the past during recaps um so i I would say, and even more recently, I've I know a DM, uh, um, a very good friend of mine, Brandon Allen McClenahan, who over at Weed D and D in Vegas. If you don't know them, go check them out. Brandon, uh, they, he goes by Bam is his DM. Bam, Bam. Um, so that is an excellent cast of characters over there. Uh, he does the recap at the beginning solely, 
because it's a show on Twitch. Yeah, he's doing it for the audience. He's doing exactly. He's doing it for the audience, but I really love it. I really love the way he does it. I love the way he's articulated. Um, but it is more entertaining that way. Um, sure. In an ideal, normal D and D game, it's best for, like you said, the DM to go over each event and pause and have characters give their take on it. Um, maybe even fill in some gaps, go over some details. How many? Um, gems were found or how many cases sure. of that tea were found yeah you know that type of thing that way that also gives me a good indication of what things did get triggered um oh they didn't oh those were those magic rings i didn't tell them what they were yet they have not yeah. got them identified i need to circle those and realize that they don't know what those are yet because that's important to me so yeah so the, to answer the question i think you and i are in uh, in total agreement, that is 50-50 each person. Well, and it get also, it also gives you a chance to kind of realign the story, too. Like, for whatever reason, I'm thinking back to, like, TGIF um, on ABC or whatever it was back in the day. And it would be, like, one of the... It'd be, like, a five-part episode or five-series... Five-episode series. So it's always to be continued, to be continued. Previous line, previously on Family Matters. And I remember seeing like watching those and then like by the third episode or no by like the fourth episode and it'll show you a clip from episode one so it'd be like oh i completely forgot about stefan we haven't talked about stefan in three episodes why are they now showing me this clip i love that you're doing family matters because we're going to yeah um but it's but it you know and then it always it always um answers that question it's like hey remember this character we haven't talked about in four episodes i'm telling you about it again because he's going to come right back in this episode even though it's been you know it gives you a chance to kind of like to keep the players in mind of like don't forget that there's other things that are going on too because now they're going to have an impact of how the session is going to go today yeah especially because there are there's such a cast like i think of game of thrones when you talk about it you know we have so many people we're trying to keep up with and all other stories are intertwined so we're going to go back like you said a couple episodes because we haven't heard from cersei yeah game of thrones is perfect that's a perfect example yeah because you would see stuff in those previously ons that happened five and six episodes ago, and you haven't touched anything with those characters since then, and it's like, oh, that's right, this thing is going on. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Yeah. yeah. So, 50, good 50. job, Jim. I think. Good job. Yeah, I'm glad we could. I'm glad you could answer, and I could. Um, yeah, it's almost like I should have my own podcast. It's you. You took my answer, though. Yeah, it'll be D and D four twenty one. Well, I'll leave it up to the listener and figure that one out. All, All right, right, this last one, Jim, well, this is it, man. We're out of here. That's it. On this last one. I quit after this. Yeah, we got one more. But I tell you what, we got a really good username. You ready for this I one? I am ready. Alarmed Cycle. Alarmed Cycle. Don't. Alarmed Cycle. I don't even know what it means, but it's just... Uh, don't steal, steal their bike. Because uh, it's alarmed. Look at you. We made a joke together. Could a lynch make a clone before they become a lynch? Lich. So the spell... Lich. What did I say? Lynch? Yeah. Lich. lich. A lich. Can a lich make a clone? A lich make a clone of, uh, before they oh, become man, a Oh, man. I've lich. run into this one before. So the spell, yeah, I was going to say, we've ran in, we've done these a couple of times where it's just like, you're trying to do something with a spell that's like five levels up. Um, so the spell uh, clone specifically says that they make clones of living creatures and liches are undead, so they couldn't make one once they were alive. 
But if a lich made one when they were still living, the spell literally says the spell lasts forever. If the lich then had their phylactery destroyed, could they go into the clone and keep being a powerful wizard, but now they don't need to eat souls to survive? Okay. I, this is the longest sentence I've ever read. That's one sentence. It's one sentence. Okay, it's one question. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I've come across this exact thing before. The exact same damn thing. Someone wanted to do this uh, in a friend's game, and my friend and I talked about this not long ago. Um, so I didn't get permission to use this this story because I didn't even think about this question to be honest i remember le reading some of these questions all of these questions are questions i was like i can answer these without having to look them up but i went ahead and looked some of this stuff up anyway just now so the thing about um clone is there's a part of it that says uh you can choose to da, 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 the clone is physically identical the soul um needs to be free it says somewhere in here that it needs to be free to do so. Um, it needs to be available. So it has to be willing. It has to be and able. So. Oh, okay. You, so you, what, there's a couple of things going on that separates the clone. Okay, the, a lich is not the same as the original creature anymore. It is now undead, and its soul is trapped forever in the phylactery. It's right. it's never coming out. It's for ever and the, the what makes it um, muddled is if you look at the lich's ability this is where a lot of people say there's a question here with a new day a few days a new body reforms next to the phylactery coalescing out of glowing smoke because of the destruction of its phylactery means the possibility of eternal death a usually a lich usually keeps its phylactery in a hidden well guard location okay it says so people pick that apart and say because oh no if if their phylactery gets destroyed then it's possible that they have eternal death i challenge you that it's that there's they didn't leave that gray they intentionally bottled this up and separated it from uh from clone this is just two different ways of achieving immortality in dungeons and dragons the other is like a monk ability where you just you know over time you physically become immortal um so we have okay. ways to for immortality this is one of them and on the opposite side we have a lich so a lich can't be the only way to achieve immortality for a wizard we have to have kind of a a good guy way right the quiet sure. the quiet clone that no one knows exists it is creepy right. it is necromancy but you don't have to be necessarily terribly evil to do a clone um it's 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 not going to be a way that you can have a fail safe as a lich because it says living creature and undead dies that's the first problem and then the second problem is that soul is trapped forever when the phylactery gets destroyed the soul is destroyed that's the way it's always worked um short of i don't even know short of like a true resurrection i don't even know if that's possible i i didn't even mm, i didn't yeah. research the true resurrection for fifth edition but no the answer is no you can't do that um and like you said five levels higher we're talking about eighth level spells here so they're yeah. they're trying to get almost an impossibility there there's a way for everybody to die even if you're a lich even if you're a monk even if you have a clone 
there's going to be a way to get around it. There's always a caveat. Um, I don't know why people want to become immortal in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Something I, to do. <laughs> I guess. But once you've got the clone, you've achieved it. Once you have liched them, you've achieved it. Um, yeah. Having that fail safe there. You're trying to you're trying to say that the book is cheating you or that there's some kind of a loophole. There isn't. Um, no. You can't do that. I always feel like I always feel like these questions are like, okay, what about this? <laughs> like, no, you can't live forever, and even if you get killed, you don't die. Thanks for listening to this episode of the D and D four twenty podcast. For everything D and D four twenty related, check out dnd420.com. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us there on the website and on YouTube at dnd420. Lastly, as always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do that by telling another DM about the show and by visiting us on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and review. Thanks for subscribing and being a part of our work here at D&D 420. We will see you next week.